0: What's up, Overcomers? Welcome to another episode of the Overcoming You Podcast. I am your host, Josh Canuti. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for subscribing. If you could please do me a big favor and give us a five-star rating, write us a review. I read every single review that's ever been written. It does help me cultivate the best possible podcast for you, the listener. My guest today is an amazing person. She's a brand new mom. She's a boss. She's an entrepreneur. She's a wife. And when you listen to this podcast, listen to the fact that she goes through all the things that we've all gone through, whether it be how to overcome a shitty relationship or how to continue to pursue your dreams, goals, and aspirations while while having other family obligations as she's a new mom and a wife. And she does it all with a positive attitude and a smile on her face. And I think you'll get a lot out of her tips and tricks, and ways that she's overcome all those to be an amazing person. Please welcome my guest today, Heather.
1: You know, because I just want everyone to have fun and love their life. Like, we're human AF. Yeah. The, The struggle is real, you know, if you let it be. Being negative is natural. Being positive is on purpose.
0: So welcome my guest, my friend, Heather Collin. Hey.
2: Hi.
1: How are you? So happy to be here. Thanks for doing this. Of course. I appreciate it. Of course, of course.
0: So on this podcast, like I said, we always kind of focus on the mental side of everything. But I always like to start with, describe yourself in high school. A jock, the uh, popular girl, were you quiet?
1: (laughs) I always laugh when people mention high school because I was a jock. I was a three-time state champion with volleyball, but I was like so cripplingly shy really so scared every single day to go to school I would sit in my car until right before the bell rang I had this like social anxiety because I didn't feel like I was cool like I didn't feel like one of the cool kids at Newport Harbor yeah I was just really scared I came from a private school Um, but the funny thing is is no one would have known that and I feel like in retrospect people were very intimidated by me but on the inside I was like so shy and consumed with what do other people think about me? I can't keep up with the Joneses. I'm driving this like yeah. old beat up Volvo, right? Trying to dress in J Crew, like I even know what <laughs> J Crew was, right? It was, yeah. it was. It's just so crazy to think about it, and I think about how many, how many people are walking around feeling so shy and mm-hmm. so anxious and alone on the inside, but they have this exterior image of super awesome athlete, you know, funny outgoing super smart. Yeah. Right. I was in all the smart classes and I was funny in class when I felt safe. Yeah. But then like walking around campus, I was horrified. Right. It's so interesting. I always laugh. I'm like, people see me on social media now and they're like, who's that girl? Yeah. Yeah. You know, or I see someone in Target from high school. I'm like, hey, like
0: (laughs) I wanted to know in what did you think about yourself during those times, during high school times? And the reason why I say that for the listeners is that in society right now, we talked a little bit just before we started this yeah. podcast, the fastest growing percentage group of people taking their lives or attempting to take their lives in suicide, and that's not what this podcast is right. about, but it's just a part of it, is females ages 11 to 16. And mm-hmm. I I think from my perspective and what I see has a lot of, to do with maybe body issues or in a whole bunch of other things, there's yeah. a lot more, but that's one of it. Yeah. So coming from... An individual, if someone were to look at you, especially now and they go, This she's a gorgeous girl. There's no way she could have thought differently. Oh man. You I think? mean,
1: when you're young like that though, there's so many there's so many factors going into it that have nothing to do with reality. Yes. Right? It's it's like like you said, what's going on between your two years, what's going on at home, mm-hmm. what you see mirrored back to you and then what you see in, in society. And I feel like I never really had body image issues. I was always very athletic. I was almost yeah. skinny, if anything. Um, my volleyball coaches would always try to like take me to in and out for lunch I'm like, here, get a double-double. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I feel like I, I questioned like the things that I had and we were like well off, like we were fine, but we weren't millionaires, you mm-hmm. know, like these other kids that I was, or billionaires even that I was yeah. going to school with. And so I feel like That really made me question myself. It wasn't necessarily my physical looks or any of that, but it was, like, the things. Like, what purse am I wearing? What shoes am I wearing? Like, the things that were ridiculous, like $100 pants. I'm like, what? why would you even spend – like, what? What is that? Right. It just didn't make sense to me, but then I tried to fit in. Yeah. And I know for a fact that sports and just having that tribe and some of the coaches that I had along the way um, really – helped bring me back down to the ground, like to earth, and really helped me focus on what was actually important, which was my future and what my goals were. Yeah. You know, versus focusing on the things that were probably in my head most of the time. I mean, I know now I was making a lot of things up based on what I thought other people were thinking about me. Yeah. Versus what was really, ha- like I said, they are probably intimidated by me.
0: I only know this through going through therapy, but yeah. in psychology, there's actually 10 clinically proven types of thinking mm. that will induce or or add to a negative self-image depression anxiety it all starts with these 10 and then they increasingly get bigger And one of the ones is is what you just said which is called mind reading and we always think that we know what the other person is thinking like mm. oh my god i'm i'm going in I walk into school in Ikes instead of Nikes. Like right. everyone's going to know, like everyone thinks I'm an idiot. Nobody is thinking jack shit they're about you. They're about thinking themselves. about themselves. Yeah. And, and they're think...
1: probably having just as much anxiety as you.
0: Yep. Yeah. If not
1: more, especially if they're a cool kid.
0: <laughs> yeah, for sure. Because they got to keep that up all the yeah. time. So one of the things that I noticed is with athletes, especially individuals like yourself that are, have always been really athletic, been always been really, really good. I've had a couple Olympians on, they said the same thing. Mm-hmm. They're, when they got onto the court or onto the field, that's when they kind of let loose. Oh, yeah. My and, Sasha
1: Fierce comes out for yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah.
0: And I noticed you in... Uh, I know you're good friends with April Ross, yeah. um, two-time Olympian medalist. And when you girls get on the court, it's like a fucking cage lion is released. Yeah. <laughs> and you see these yells and these, oh, my God, I get chills. I don't care who you are. So
1: she's so fun to play with. Oh, yeah. my gosh.
0: That was kind of your trajectory, right? You yeah. were kind of being... Bunch of different colleges, you know, top end collegiates. Mm-hmm. So, kind of tell me because that's where where kind of one of the first dreams almost got shattered or did oh, yeah. get out or something like I that. I mean, you so. work
1: your whole life for something, and I say your whole life. It was like the four years of of high school. Right, that feels like your whole life when you're that age. And playing alongside someone like April, um, our whole team, our se- my junior year, her senior year was all recruited D one full ride scholarships. Damn. So that we're talking about very high level, but also a very high level of pressure to perform.
2: Sure. And
1: it was the only thing we knew. So it was our normal. So we get on the court and it's like, okay, it's it's time to get down to business. It's very high standards between yourself and your teammates. Um, very high standards on what college you're going to. Playing time is super competitive. Sure. Um, our coaches did a great job of like keeping the camaraderie really high, but it was, it was crazy. And when, when you're working that hard for something, there's always the there's always the chance of getting injured. And I was someone who never really dealt with that my mm-hmm. entire career up until my junior year. I was the youngest. I was the only junior on the team full of seniors. It was the end of our season. Yeah, and it was It was something that I, like, I felt like I never really thought about, right? Like I just went hard on the court at yeah. all times. It was like I would black out and I would like yell at my teammates. I'm the youngest one on the team. I'm like screaming at people. Like I literally became a different person on the court and then off the court, I was super shy. Yeah, funny with them, but I was just like right. not the same person at all. Yeah, and so yeah, it's just it's a very high level of pressure at a young age, and it's it's only gotten more intense. Sure, for, right? Like I look at the girls playing now, and I'm like, well, <laughs> we were not like that. Like we, <laughs> we were we were it was a lot less intense, but it felt very intense for us. Yeah,
0: your standout a- athlete uh, star, you have these top level or uh, top collegiate. Schools looking after after you yeah. going to give you D one scholarship oh full ride yeah. and then what happens?
1: So we're getting all these letters and people are showing up at our practices and again being a junior on a team full of seniors they're all signed already. Okay. So there was college coaches at our practice visiting them, watching me. So they're already handled and now I'm like, oh my god, I'm the only one in the gym that they're like watching, mm-hmm. or at least I was making that up in my head. <laughs> right. I'm like, sure. oh, it better be perfect. Yeah. Um, and we're at the Balboa Bay Club, small gym, not our normal practice facility and we're playing like this game that's there's not a lot of other things going on so i'm just like hitting the ball by myself like there was no one around me like nothing normal that like you would see in an injury and i just landed funny and straight up tore my acl crushed bone like it was really it was it looked gnarly april actually was standing right next to me and almost threw up because it was so like it visually was gross oh right so USC, which is where April went, mm-hmm. she's, you know, I don't even know, Gatorade player of the year, four-time national champion, four-time player of the year, blah, blah, blah. All of the things, yeah. right? So <laughs> they're watching her at practice. Sure. She also beat me all four times. Thank you. Love you. Bye. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> there's That's a hilarious. lot of love there. Yeah. Um, so USC is at the practice. And I was, I grew up in a Bruin family.
2: so i was thinking
1: about going to usc with april and my stepdad was like are you serious but i'll support you either way
2: yeah yeah. it was like
1: a family joke and i tear my acl their interim head coach at the time paula weisoff is another female boss like multiple olympic medals like she's an icon in the in the volleyball world she was the interim head coach at the time so she like rushes over is holding my hand she's been through multiple knee surgeries and injuries in general And it was just this moment where I felt everyone come together. We didn't know what had happened, but we Mm -hmm. just knew it was really gross. But it was also this moment where I was, like, overwhelmed and feeling like, am I going to be able to play again? Yeah. I didn't even think of, am I going to be able to walk? It was like, am I going to be able to play volleyball in college? Right. And Paula's sitting there, like, holding my hand. They call my mom. My mom finally gets there. And, you know, everyone's trying to just calm me down. Like, I couldn't calm down. And USC – actually was like okay like you're gonna be fine but we like can't sign anything today like we can't you know we have to see how your surgery goes you'll be fine but we just have to wait it's our policy sure and so again i'm like my whole world is like all the walls are caving in yeah in this moment where this young girl like has no idea what's going to happen i'm in pain my knee is swollen the size of a watermelon right and i have these like these people that i'm looking up to like nothing against them at all like it's their procedure um and so my coach at the time charlie brand amazing infamous volleyball coach he was like i'm calling ucla because i know like andy and i know that he really wants you let's see what he says okay and literally they got on the phone with me they're like we still want you we know you'll be fine um like do you want to sign and i was like yes absolutely okay it was like an impulse decision um but it at the same time i still didn't know what right. was going to happen? So I went dark. Like I had my knee surgery. I chopped my hair off, like gained a bunch of weight while I was trying to recover because I couldn't work out.
0: Really? You know,
1: like ACL tears are like, it was like, this is back in the day. Right. I want to say it was like six to nine months of like no working out, like nothing really. Yeah. And I was like, li- I was living downstairs in our house, like on a twin bed. I couldn't even go up and down the stairs. My mom had to help me shower. Like all of the things, right. That you go yeah. through as an athlete and I just remember my team coming over and like having their team dinners at my house cause I couldn't go anywhere right when it happened. Um, but I remember just being so lonely and like really like it makes me get emotional just talking about sure. it. Like I remember just really not knowing what was going to happen Yeah. as a young girl, like just being so unsure. Right. You know, everything that you've worked for. So it was, um, really intense, but I ended up totally recovering. I had to wear my big old ACL brace when I played at UCLA, you know, showed up to my first practice with my big brace on. And it definitely was more of a mental thing at that point than it was physical. Mm -hmm. I played four years at UCLA full ride was captain three of those years. Like I was fine. Um, but it definitely, it definitely shifted how I felt about myself as a player
0: in that, in that moment, because a lot of us go, go through it. So regardless of the, what, time in our life it is whether it's high school it's all yeah. relative yeah. so when your world essentially crashes or crumbles you felt that you you went through that how did you can you look back and see what you did to continue to get out of it because i know for me in my past i just continue to spiral down like yeah. i've had some time and i just keep piling on piling on piling on, and then all of a sudden i'm just in this dark dark mm-hmm. place so you were in that kind of dark place, world shattered. How did you – what did you do to continue to get to UCLA? Was it just constantly surrounding yourself with your people? Did you just – Yeah,
1: I mean that's, that's the biggest thing is I didn't stop, right? It was like, okay, you're going to have surgery, and then you're going to start going to therapy, like physical therapy, and then you know high school season starts right away. You're not going to be able to play your senior year of high school. And I was like, um, excuse me, yes, I am. Yeah. So I kept pushing the envelope. I was like showing up to therapy early, doing extra therapy, like doing the things that I could do to make sure that I could at least get back. And I got back towards the end of the season. Mm-hmm. I actually don't remember a lot of this time because I blacked it out because it was so like traumatic. Yeah. Um, but I remember being able to play towards the end of our season. Mind you, we had won like three three CIF, three national champions, or three state champions, excuse me, as you know, a freshman through a junior. Now I'm a senior but my whole class had graduated, like all yeah. the girls that I played with forever. So, um again feeling very alone and not able to perform. Yeah. And but I just kept showing up. I showed up to every practice. I was shagging balls. It was actually my first my first experience of what it's like to be a coach. Yeah. Right? Cuz I was like kind of helping out. Um and I think that helped me like just continuing to show up around the the environment. Okay. Um really helped me stay out of that dark place you know
0: you did two really big things and i want to elaborate just on one of them but one is when you're going through that time whatever it is does not have to be some sports or anything surround yourself with good positive people Mm -hmm. and i hate to break it to everyone listening is that sometimes those good positive people aren't those people closest to you yeah it doesn't, it's not your drinking buddy. Well, my body. mom
1: wanted me to like stay home and rest, you know, yeah. and I love her and she's amazing. She has my best interest in heart. Sure. But sometimes the people closest to us don't know. Right. They've never lived in our world. They're not our, let's call it, they're not our coach. Mm-hmm. Right. She's my mom. She's not my coach. Right. So there's a difference and I'm not saying either is right or wrong, but it was like my team and my coach because those were in alignment with my goal and where I wanted to go. Mm-hmm. Right. My mom wanted me to like rest and be okay, as a mom would. Yeah. Um, but my coach and my team were like, come around us. I always tell my girls now in my life, the times in your life where you feel like you want to isolate yourself and you want to hide is the times you get to sprint yes. towards your tribe. That like, is so, so important. freaking huge. Yeah.
0: Is what, if you're feeling down in any, in any aspect, in any level, whether it's super gnarly, you're in the depths of of haiti or in the mind mm-hmm. or whether it's just like oh, i don't feel really good today whatever you do do not isolate right it's one of the worst things that you can do because then you just set or you're just by yourself and you're just talking to yourself and mm-hmm. then it's just get and if it's you get in that negative dangerous. loop it's yeah. fucking really really yeah. dangerous
1: and it's really hard to get out of when you're by yourself yes. even if you just go outside and take a walk
0: yep like
1: and be in public around other people you don't even have to be interacting yeah. with anyone I did that. I mean, we're going to talk about it later in this, in the show. um, But other times in my life where I felt myself going there, I would just make sure that I went every single day. I went and walked on the boardwalk or walked at the back bay or like just did something. It wasn't like, go do a gnarly workout. It was like, just move your body, get outside, get around other people, get out of your living room, get out (laughs) of your head.
0: (laughs) Yeah. It's funny. My very first session with my therapist, she did. The best thing ever is I sat down and I didn't want to be there. I thought therapy was for Mm -hmm. fucking pussies. I thought it was (laughs) for bullshit. I thought it was for just housewives or whatever. I thought if I'm too, I'm so weak, I, I feel even worse being here, Yeah. but the true professionals they are trained in that and they can see that. And the only thing that she did on that first day, she, it was real short, maybe 10, 15 minutes. We just talked for a little bit. Hey, how are you? Where are you from? And she goes, okay, well. Just the only thing I want you to do is, and if you can do it, if you can't, it's no problem. Just get out, and if you can just walk outside for a little so bit. And good. I told her I live, you know, right by the back bay, and she goes, just go there. and Just do 10 minutes. Just put it on your phone. That's oh, all I'm asking. And it was so, so massive. Yeah. It was so massive. The um, back
1: bay is like my sanctuary now, especially. But I, I grew up around there, so yeah. I learned how to ride a bike there and, you know, did all of the things there when I was younger, and it's just, it's one of, like, go to one of those places where mm-hmm. it you feel safe.
0: Yeah. You know. And the other thing you did during this time that is often said, but it's difficult is you just kept showing up. Yeah. And I know that sounds so cliche and stuff like that, but I had a fitness person on and they said, just put on their shoes, put on your workout and just go to the gym, walk in, go to the bathroom and then yep. walk out. Yep. Just do that. Just yeah. do something, just some sort of action. So just go to the court, just shag a ball, yep. sit on the side, Just do one little thing. It doesn't have to be, yeah, Yeah. it doesn't have to be something huge to do. So if you want to build that business, just watch one YouTube about that topic, just one thing. (laughs) And it doesn't have to be huge. You know, all the time we hear all these people go, yeah, I just showed up every single day and I just grinded it out and hey, that's awesome for you. But for most of us, we have to start small. Yeah. And it sounded like you kind of did that, just showing up, being around those people and slowly but surely kind of... I mean, it's
1: the compound effect in anything you do in life. You show up, you start small and it's, you know, over time it starts to grow. So over time, my confidence started to grow again. Over time, my business started to grow. Over time, you get the momentum going in that direction, regardless of what you're doing in life. And it's always about progress, Yes. right? It's not about being perfect or the top player or the top business owner or whatever. It's about you doing the best that you can showing up and taking one step Mm -hmm. and then the next day take another one and then another one right sometimes you take 10 steps backwards and it's like okay no problem reassess and then keep showing up yeah because the only way to the only way to fail is to quit
2: yes
0: seriously
1: that's i mean all these cliche sayings are cliche for a reason
0: yeah they're cliche because they're actually (laughs) they're real they're fucking real and they work (laughs) you know cool so I want to kind of transfer into a topic I'm actually really excited to talk to you about because I think it's going to, I have a feeling, and obviously I'm not a female, so I don't know, but I yeah. have a feeling um, from all the girlfriends that I have, friends that are girls, yeah. have all been through something similar that you went through, which is being in just a shitty relationship. Yep. So kind of talk a little bit about that, about what age was this at? How long did it, how long was the relationship? And it was then... like,
1: mid. I would say mid-20s. Um, I had, you know, graduated from college. I wasn't, I was really shy, like I said earlier. So in, in college I found liquid courage. Yeah. Um, And so, you know, (laughs) started like talking to boys and thinking that they were, you know, cool or whatever, making out with random people, like stuff that I would never, ever do before. But I still wasn't ever really in a relationship. Call it daddy issues, call it immaturity, whatever you want to call it. Um, my dad was in and out of my life. We have a great relationship, but he was definitely in and out of my life due to his own inability to really be with himself and be with people Mm -hmm. right and so i got to learn that that really didn't have anything to do with me it had to do with him yes that was huge work that i did i actually did that after this shitty relationship actually i did it midway through the relationship so (laughs) anyways we'll get into that um but it was like mid-20s really finding my identity i was working my um career in finance climbing the corporate ladder Um, found love, quote unquote, Mm -hmm. you know, super charming, good looking guy who wanted to be in a relationship right away. Um, and I was again, still really forming who I am after volleyball, after, you know, leaving the college scene, entering corporate America. Um, and he just kind of like fit into my life as a puzzle piece. Um, we had some mutual friends. We all started hanging out, doing barbecues, that kind of stuff. So he was like in my circle quickly. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think that had a lot to do with the next four years, you know, going in and out of bliss and fighting and whatever it was. Um, why he continued to circle back around was because he was so like enmeshed in my in my life. Yeah. Which is crazy to think about.
0: Right. So you were together for a total of four years.
1: Yeah, like four, four and a half. We lived together pretty quickly. Okay. Um, all the red flags, right? Looking backwards, but I was just blind. Like as a, as a, a good-looking, successful female, the no matter what you look like on the outside, the one thing that I was looking for, the the hole I was looking to fill,
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, was just I just wanted to be loved. Yeah. And I just, I never. It's funny because in in my transformation journey, I realize now, it wasn't like a I d- I, it wasn't that Heather didn't think she was good enough or like that I needed to prove myself to anyone. It was I just wanted this male figure in my life to see that I'm good enough. Like mm-hmm. I know that I am, but I just want my dad to, to show up and to, to see that I'm a good daughter. Yeah. I just want my boyfriend to see that I'm good enough and to love me. Right. And I feel like that's why in college or like leading up to this relationship, I never was actually in a quote unquote relationship. Right. Because mm-hmm. it was there was this like this wall up. It's almost like I was putting I was like holding my hand up with my hand, like holding them away. Mm-hmm. But like all I wanted to do was have them be close.
0: Right. Right. But
1: like I'm the one who's holding my hand up. Like, no, you can't can't yeah. catch me, <laughs> you know. And so he was like the, the one that got in. Um, Crafty. And yeah, he was very charming, but he needed something mm-hmm. right over our relationship. Um, I was supporting him. But he was financially. Yeah, financially. And he was tricky about it, though. He was always like in school or like had some finance job lined up or like a deal that didn't go through or, you know, he always had like a great story, which reminded me again of my dad Mm. Um, and my stepdad. Even he was in like real estate insurance, like hustling. So I knew the hustler energy, but I couldn't tell the difference between like the liar hustler energy and like the actual like yeah. the real, because being an entrepreneur, you're always figuring it out. There's always holes, and like you're trying to make it to the next month or sure. whatever in the beginning. And so, I really didn't, I didn't see through it, mm-hmm. and I was blind. I was like, I'll, I'll do anything for this guy. Like yeah. I want to help him. I want us to like create a life together. Right. Blah blah blah.
0: <laughs> Did he have? Uh- <laughs> I think you said before he had some infidelity or he cheated. Yeah. On you? Oh, yeah.
1: So that was that was the beginning of the end. So I don't even remember how long into our relationship it was. Um, again, connecting the dots backwards, there were many red flags. There was an ex girlfriend lingering um, mm. that we had issues with. But again, I never thought that I that I wasn't good enough. So I just I also just didn't understand how people could do that. Yeah. Right. Like I come from a, a you know a blended family, but there was never infidelity issues. It was right. more like. My parents were just so busy. They just didn't, didn't, give, didn't give me an idea of what it looked like to be in a loving relationship. It was like they had their own separate lives. Yeah. Um, but never, there was never a question of loyalty. Mm-hmm. And I've always been a very loyal person because that's what I was mirrored. Um, so, you know, when those red flags were showing up, it was like I would give the benefit of the doubt because I just didn't didn't see how someone could be like that. Um, and so when I did find out, I think it was like on his phone or I don't even remember. Mm-hmm rage like this just like walls sure. of rage that i felt that i'd never felt before maybe on the volleyball court um <laughs> but it was never like this in my personal life um and i remember just like getting in this huge fight which again i don't fight with people yeah he's the, he's really the only person i've ever gotten like in a in a heated argument with sure um because it was so close to my heart it hurt yeah. and it was like in that moment i could still feel it like all the heartstrings were like just ripped it's like, how could you do this to me? Like, I support you. I, I this, I that. I'm trying to earn your love. And I'm mm. not, you can't see that I'm good enough.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, and kicked him out. Probably a week later, he was back, right? Had nowhere to go. I'm sorry. All that stuff, which a lot of times in relationships um, that are unhealthy like that, that will make you closer for a period of time, mm. right? That yeah. like honeymoon, honeymoon time, the period of time, the cooling off period, if you will. Um, and so came right back in, um, this is when I started seeing signs of alcoholism, um, which I, in him, yeah, in him, which again, I didn't understand. Um, I had never really been around it. Um, my, my dad drank, my family members drank, but I never, it never was like called what it is. Yeah. Um, and then in college, obviously we all were party years, but it never really was like, Oh, because you drink all the time, you have a problem. Um, and so looking back again, connecting the dots backwards, um, very clearly an alcoholic but i i wasn't aware of it
0: you go through this you find out that he's being unfaithful mm-hmm. um you kick him out he comes back so from everyone's gone through it but everyone listening is like why would you take him back yeah <laughs> a cheater? always a cheater i started losing all, friends for sure yeah we've all done it what's what's going through your your mindset like what's going is it Hey, this happened, or hey, maybe he's changed, or what's going through your, your head? Like, why would you take someone like that, that back?
1: I've always been someone who believes in the ability to change when you choose it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know there's sayings out there, people never change, like cheaters, once a cheater, always a cheater, all that stuff. Fuck that. Like, yeah. I really, truly believe in transformation um, across the board. However, uh, people have to choose it. Mm -hmm. Right. And so that's that's I think some some of the reason why I took him back because I really believed in him. I really believed in his potential. Mm -hmm. He was really smart. He was charming. All the things. Right. There's a reason why I was in love with him. Sure. He just had these wounds that he couldn't get over. And I see that now, like I have no hate towards him or any hard feelings like we just don't need to be together. You don't need to be a part of my life. However, um, I really do believe that when people choose to transform, they can. I didn't even feel like I was changing him. You know, right. it was like if he chooses it, he can and we can be this awesome power couple together.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, but then there just kept being those those hiccups. Right. Mm-hmm. And then I would like catch him again, like coming home late or not. Like I didn't know where he was during the day. Like he was making sales calls. And it's like, oh, no, you really were probably yeah. with your ex-girlfriend or whoever. <laughs> um, and it got so bad to the point where. I was really focusing on my career. I started as the receptionist at my firm and ended as the CFO. Whoa! So I climbed the ladder rapidly. They hired me knowing I went to UCLA. It's sure. the only position they had open. It was very humbling. Yeah. Uh, but they paid me well. Like it wasn't. I wasn't getting a receptionist salary. Um, but it was. I was the face of their company. Yeah. When they hired me, I'm the first person that people saw, and so that was really important to them. Um, and then I climbed the ladder. So. As you can imagine in the four years of our relationship i went from receptionist to cfo so i was very busy at work sure um which i feel like caused me to kind of turn a blind eye yeah you know it also kept me like busy um my mind busy my, so i couldn't mm-hmm. go there during the day and like really really be consumed by this relationship but i would go home at night and you know drink with him have a bottle of wine whatever like all my other corporate friends did right everyone's miserable in corporate not everyone but my circle was right even though we were super successful um and I lived almost like a dual life Mm. it was crazy I like thinking about it now I'm like god I was like putting on this front while I'm at work you know drove the car had the corner office all these things was climbing up the corporate ladder getting promotions getting bonuses But i would go home and i was just in this toxic relationship that i didn't i didn't know how to get out of i didn't know that i needed to get out of it Mm -hmm. um i was really unaware and i'm sure my family always you know tells me now like we couldn't say anything like you wouldn't have listened to us you're very strong-headed yeah um you know you're gonna do what you're gonna do anyways so all they did was love me which is which is exactly what i would advise people to do it's like yes you want you want your friend you want your sister you want whoever to to see it for themselves, but it's their journey. As long as no one's being like physically harmed or, you know, whatever that there's, there's more to that. But it was, um, such an integral part of my journey and my learning, like on my soul path that I had to go through this cycle and I had to feel it. All the levels of it. Yeah. Um, I remember, I think it was Thanksgiving. We were with my family. This was towards the end of our relationship. Um, it -hmm. was Thanksgiving. Things had gotten really bad. Like I was definitely questioning our relationship, but again, I still didn't know how to like get rid of him. If Mm -hmm. you will. Like, I was like, what, what do you do? You live together. It's my apartment. I'm paying for everything. But like, how do I get this? It's like a, like a brother that won't leave even. It's just like this person that's in my life. I'm really busy building my career. And then I'm like, you're still here. You know, like our relationship wasn't even a relationship at that point. Um, we go to Thanksgiving and he goes like in private and asks my parents for permission to marry me. Right. Totally drunk. I'm sure,
2: Whoa. you know, like
1: functional alcoholics. You can't tell how intoxicated they are. Yeah. My dad laughs. My mom almost passes out. Uh. <laughs> right. They're like, what the hell are you talking about? Yeah. Um, yeah. And that night my dad actually had like either texted me or sent me a message and was like, hey, I'm like, I'm really concerned with what's going on yeah. here. And this is, again, my dad, like in and out of my life, like not really a father figure, like super loving, but not necessarily your typical father figure, if sure. you will, whatever that is, whatever that means. Yeah. For the the fact that he reached out and was like, hey, I'm concerned, yeah, led me to really get like, okay, something's going on here. you know.
0: There's a couple of things. One thing I thought about before is you know oftentimes in relationships is that because you care for somebody you know two things or at least for me i'll put it my two things that's happened for me is that when you care for that other individual you also see them for the best version of them but then also you see some of yourself in in that person Mm -hmm. meaning if you're a good person or if you would At this point in time, if you see everything from your perspective and like, you know what? I would change. I bet you this person would change. Or they could. Yeah. Or they could. (laughs) And you love them. So you give them the benefit of the doubt. So I think we go through those thoughts quite often. So if you were to give your, if you were to meet yourself then during that time, what advice or what advice would you give girls going through that shitty relationship right now? Yeah. Like trust, trust the signs. Hey, if it's, if it quacks like a duck, it is a duck. Right. you know, what would it's, you, what it's would really, you say? I
1: mean, what I took on going forward was like, if like, what am I really looking for in a partner? Getting clear on that. And it's not like six, one, good looking, any of that stuff. Yeah. Right. It was really, I got clear that I wanted someone who adored me, that was honest, that was trustworthy, that was ambitious. Um, someone that was going to enhance my life versus, like someone that i had to take care of even or someone that that i felt was holding me back um and i really got clear that it's the relationship is two holes coming together to create a relationship right it's two whole people that love themselves that love their life that are happy right coming together to create like one plus one equals three Mm -hmm. you know it's it's this this third entity is your relationship. But if you're not whole yourself and they're not whole, yes, you can work and and support each other to get back to where you need to be. Um, but that was really what I committed to was going forward. Whoever I'm in partnership with, whoever I'm choosing gets to be someone who's, who's gone on their journey and really like worked mm-hmm. through some of this shit because it's their demons, right? right? Like they're, they're not bad or wrong. It's just, we, we get to choose to work through them or not. Yeah. So the advice that I would give someone is to look at, you know, why am I choosing to be in this relationship? Where is that choice coming from? Like, what's the trigger underneath the trigger? Like, I just wanted love, so I would get that from anyone? Like, no, that's that's not what Heather gets to have in her life, mm-hmm. right? So if I really looked at it from that perspective, then it's like, okay, all I was looking for was love, so I probably would have taken it from anyone, you know? The second thing that I did is anyone that I was going to date or t- or talk to or take seriously, I vetted with all of my friends. Mm. And I and I was willing and open to take feedback. And that was something mm, that big. I did not do in that relationship and oh. there were definitely signs I'm sure people would have said something if I asked them. You know, we don't want to give advice unless it's unless it's warranted. Right. That's something I see in this society a lot, especially uh. in the personal development world. Um, you know, really letting people go on their journey, but if they ask, yeah. They give you permission. So giving people in my life permission to give me feedback about, about who I'm dating or like what they thought or, yeah. you know, whatever.
0: And you got to be prepared if you're going to do that. First of all, that takes um, not a lot of people are willing to do that in any yeah. area, but if you're willing to do that, got to make sure not to be combative. If you yeah. come to me and you say, Hey, how's, what do you think about so-and-so? It was like, that guy is a, a douche, <laughs> you know, and like, what do you mean he's a douche? He's like got all this stuff. Oh, don't, <laughs> Don't ask me for my opinion if you're not yeah. willing to take it. Ask for clarification. Right. You have to be willing because it's just my opinion. And if you love your lens, too. It's
1: like you got to be aware that people's feedback and their opinion is coming from their past trauma in relationships, too. Yeah. You know, because we all have it. The third thing I would say is like relationships are the the biggest catalyst for our growth. So I don't look at my relationship with him as like a bad thing. Mm -hmm. Um, you can't hate your journey to where you're, you are today. Um, if you really do want to love yourself right in the process, like we really get to own our journey and honor it for what it was. And that gave me a lot of almost like forgiveness and relief. Mm -hmm. It's like, wow, I can't, I don't even recognize the Heather that was in that relationship at all today, but I do love her and I I feel for her. Like I just want to give her a hug and tell her it's gonna be okay. Mm. Right. I did all the things. I went to school. I got great grades. I got a great job. I'm a very loving person. I'm a good person. Yeah. Right. I open doors for people and smile and hug random people. You know, I try to do all the things. Yeah. Um, and that still happened. Right. Right. So for the the women out there who find themselves either in that situation now or in the future even, it's like it's okay. And it's part of your journey and it's going to mold you into the woman that you're going to be in the future. Yeah. Um, one of the things that my mom always says, my mom's like an incredible healer, hypnotherapist, astrology. She does all the things. (laughs) Um, she's been through a ton of trauma that she speaks about openly. Um, but she always reminds me like only the wounded can be healers and share their story. Yeah. Like I wouldn't be able to speak to this unless I had gone through it. Mm -hmm. So that's why I love sharing about, you know, being being able to come out on the other side.
0: Yeah, I think one thing that's a revelation that's really happened for me this last year. I probably would say uh, maybe even a little less, but definitely this last year is that the quicker you can realize that the difficult or the shitty or whatever is going on in your life is actually a good thing. Mm-hmm. Well, what the fuck do you mean? My my wife just left me and took the kids and all the stuff. Yeah, yeah, that's a shitty situation but you're going to have sh- shitty situations throughout your whole entire life no matter what. You cannot get better muscles until you tear them down. Right. You can <laughs> you know, you cannot um just plant flowers in a garden like, "All right, see you la- later. You're going to get weeds. You yeah. got to pull them." Yeah. Everything you can't get a diamond without pressure. It's all these things then, you cannot be better without some sort of strife. It doesn't have to be something so gnarly as yeah, a shitty relationship, yeah. but it can be like just something difficult, you know, or just getting up or getting out of bed or whatever it is, whatever the difficult thing is that you're going through. It is just realize that it's for a better person yeah. or purpose rather. And the sooner you do deal with that and realize that still, you can still be pissed off. You right. Can still it's, be, still yeah, the it's still shitty. It's still shitty. It's still fucked up. <laughs> you still, it's still get to awful. feel it. <laughs> yeah. Still feel it. But realize like, just go, okay, I'm in this shitty relationship. <sighs> this fucking sucks. But Okay. I, I don't see it right now, but ultimately I know what not to get yeah. next time or yeah, like Yeah, I got that. closer. Yeah.
1: I saw in the relationships uh, after that one, like I would get closer. I would still get my fucking heart broken and whatever, yeah. right? But I was like, okay, I got a little closer that time. I was more clear on what I was attracting. Yeah. Right? I'm not even necessarily looking for it. I'm attracting it. Back to the muscle thing. You got to tear down your muscles to build them. It's also a conversation of what are you choosing to fuel yourself with after you tear them down? Good point. So like after the shitty relationship, after your wife leaves or whatever yeah. the, the thing is, what are you choosing to do afterwards? Are you going to drink, uh, you know, muscle recovery shake? or Are you going to go eat some bullshit and not feel your muscles? Yeah. You know, and that's a choice.
0: Yeah. After the shitty relationship, are you going to go to the same person, right. same type gonna of person? You're going to go sleep with or, 15 guys, yeah. or are
1: you going to go find a solid one? Really good point. You know?
0: Yeah. Really, really, really yeah. good point. So there is something good that came out of this shitty relationship, which So is many good things. A lot of good <laughs> things. Um, but one of the things I want to talk about, out of this shitty relationship, you have literally built an empire off of, not off of that shitty relationship, but it was maybe a minor it was catalyst. A catalyst. Yeah, it was catalyst a major for catalyst for Um, I mean, I
1: really decided to go on my journey of, like, loving myself, and that started with my body, Okay, right? Like, I'd gained a ton of weight in that relationship, like, eating shitty food, going to happy hour, getting hammered on the weekends. We all go through it, whether whether we're in a shitty relationship or not, especially ex-athletes. Yeah. And so I went on the journey of, like, really, like, remembering who I am, starting to go on walks instead of, you know, go home and watch Netflix or Mm -hmm. go on the walk, then watch Netflix. You know, I didn't change overnight and i don't suggest that for anyone it's not sustainable yeah um but it was one day at a time i started making healthier decisions with my food i started surrounding myself with positive people you know going and doing healthy things on the weekend versus going to the bar every yeah. weekend
0: so real quick I, I keep that train of thought but i yeah. want to i want to touch on um because this is kind of the whole part um essence of the podcast of those thoughts so you gained a bunch of weight in this relationship you're not feeling the best about your physical body Man. what's What's going through, through your head? Are you looking in the mirror going, oh, my God, I'm ugly or uh, yes. I'm a piece of shit? I'm. <laughs> it was so crazy. It was F-A-T, even during,
1: during the relationship that I started feeling those, those um, feelings. Mm-hmm. And then I almost started questioning myself, like, well, why does he even want to be with me? Like, I'm not even me anymore. Mm. Um, and that, I think, was, was when I really started to see outside. Like, I started to see the relationship from a bird's eye view um, and take ownership of my part in it. You know, I'd become so numb to feeling or emotions. I was feeling it. I wasn't like eating my emotions, but I was not connected to my body. Not caring. Yeah. I just wasn't like, it was like, I like lost my mind. Like I just like was a robot. And so I think I was so uncomfortable when I would get dressed for work in the morning. I, just, I remember sitting in my closet and just like crying and being like, I don't even want to wear clothes. This is before like the leggings, like f- like yeah. everyone just wears Lululemon all the time and like doesn't <laughs> care. You know, this was yeah. way before that. So we still wore jeans and like work clothes. I just was so uncomfortable, like crying in my, in my closet, like I need to go shopping. I need all new clothes. And I realized like, no, Heather, like you need to get yourself back. You need to get your body back and your your connection to your body. Like, mm-hmm. what are you fueling your body with? You know, and that was where the change really started to happen. Um, reached out to a good friend. She started helping me, you know, make better choices. Mm-hmm. And I started building a business around helping women make that choice. It started with women because I'm a woman. All my coworkers actually got like in a really great shape with me. Yeah. So again, having that tribe and that support there were definitely, you know, haters involved, but it just, it almost fueled the fire. It was like my drinking friends still wanted me to go drinking with them and they couldn't understand. They didn't want me to change. Cause it was like a mirror to them of like, what are you, what am I doing then? Mm-hmm. If Heather's changing, like I don't want to change. You know, it was crazy. And yeah. people, people won't question you if you want to like go blackout every weekend. But if you want to start eating healthy, they will question the fuck out of you. Yeah. It's crazy. It is. Like, it's what? insane. <laughs> How does that work?
0: Yeah. So um, I said this on another podcast, but so I've been, especially this last year, been really, really diligent with my morning routine. Yeah. And I've told my best friends and everybody's like, yeah, you know, I wake up at 4 a.m. I meditate. I remember that I read, about you. Yeah. yeah. Me- 4 a.m. Meditate, read, go work so out. Good. If I do that every day. That day, no matter what happens, I I that Strong. day is awesome. Yeah, that's always go good. But good days, bad days, all the type of stuff. So I told everybody that, and then finally I was like, you know what, I'm just gonna go start posting on Instagram. Coincides with the podcast, you know, want to kind of show everybody yeah. like, hey, you know, I I do all these things that you know I talk about and have people on and we talk about. Yeah. And then next thing I know, a month in, everybody's like, dude. When do you when would you start waking up at 4 a.m i'm like bitch i've been telling you to <laughs> do this for a fucking year and they're like they're like well what time you go to bed like i can't i can't do that and they like start to kind of like jab at it and yeah. stuff like that and but yet if i were to be yeah i went to vegas last weekend and and oh went God, after it like do? oh it so yeah it's cool. so it's a little different when you start to do the positive things yeah. so you have the the realization and then you start building a business i like the fact that you built a business for other people but also for you. Oh, built in same... accountability. Yes. Yo, once yeah. you start
1: helping other people and you've probably seen this, like you start sharing your morning routine, you become more committed to your morning routine because now you're committed. Yeah. You're you're sharing with other people what you're doing.
0: Right. You know, this is and the whole reason why I started this podcast. I started this podcast because one, people need to hear the mentality and the thoughts and the times throughout the lives and yeah. the struggles. But also it's for me. If yeah. if I have podcasts every single week, which I do, I stay on track better. Yep. And it's helped me with my mental health and physical health. Such- and so I'm giving what I need yes. at the same time, which always. is a really good we always uh, are. thing. So I really love the fact that you built this business around that portion. Well, I, I like to sector. say
1: that I like I create events and I create challenges or like whatever I create or even my like Instagram posts like I do all of that because it's what I need to learn. Like you preach what you most need to learn. Yep. Yeah. My my mom always said that. I'm like, "Mom, you're so stop saying that." But it's so true. Mm-hmm. And I create stuff that I would want to do anyways and then I just invite people along for the ride. The funniest thing is that I teach spin now at Union Ride. Here we're like right around the corner oh, from cool. where we are right now. I started there as a customer and I fell in love with it and I started inviting people to it cuz you got like your first class free or whatever. Yeah deal they had going on. And so I would just like bring a ton of people to their studio, became friends with the owner. She asked me to start teaching. What I didn't realize was that by teaching, I now built in accountability because I have to show up Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday or Sunday. I can't cancel my bike. Like everyone does, you know, that's another thing why I like group fitness is because you have to like commit to going to the class and then there's a cancellation fee if you don't show up versus me going for a run by myself or going to the gym all heather will cancel on herself every day yeah like literally every day and so like five o'clock rolls around when i'm about to go teach spin i'm like i'm so tired luca's driving me crazy i don't want to go if i wasn't teaching the class i wouldn't go Mm -hmm. i show up first song i'm like whoa this is the best thing ever like i'm so happy i walk out of there feeling amazing it's my mental health you know it's 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 cheaper than therapy. I still suggest that you do both. Yep. You know, we always say that, but it's building in that accountability and building, building, whether it's a business or not, like building something around what you love to do, Mm -hmm. you know? So like if it's a girl's night, you can build it around listening to a podcast that you love Hopefully, yep. it's overcoming you. Yeah, you know, like <laughs> doing something with your girlfriends. And I always say this too: like, what are the what are the few things that women talk about at, at girls' night? Right? They talk about their weight, how they want to change that. They're complaining about it. They're complaining about their man, or they're complaining about their job, or their lack of funds. So, as women, I'm challenging women to shift that conversation. Those are three things that we have control of. Um, once we have the awareness, yeah, right. And so those are three things that we can actually shift and start supporting each other in and then talk about like how to change the world and how to, you know, help kids that need help or whatever it is yeah. versus, you know, complaining about those things that are in our life. Like let's raise the level of consciousness as women, because when women are aware of those things, when women start to take care of their bodies and how they're feeling their body and how their energy is when they wake up, it affects the entire family. hmm you know, it affects, even if you're a single woman, it affects your coworkers, it affects your friends, it affects your family, your mom and your dad. Like, you get to, especially people that are like willing to listen to a podcast like this. Mm-hmm. Like, let's really take that on, being the best version of ourselves, being that light, because the ripple effect is what this world needs. Yeah. Right? Like, this world is shitty. We're not in a good place as a world
0: yeah as a human race not in th- in our mental thoughts for sure oh, yeah it's really getting bad
1: and and if we can start talking about this stuff and shifting it ourselves, like that's where the change starts
0: yeah yeah so let's do it one thing sorry i wanted to touch back not to keep jumping back and forth but so right before you started to build your business mm-hmm. did you think inside like oh i can do this no matter what i got this oh
1: hell no it was it was um I don't want to build the business. Like, no, thank you. I don't really want to be a part of like my, one of my really good friends was already in process of building her business. We were going to do volleyball camps and like help the children and like all of this stuff. And I was really overwhelmed by, it. and I was like, listen, I'm building a corporate finance business. Like I'm already in my career. Um, but as I started to get results and fall in love with what I was just talking about, that ripple effect, mm-hmm. people started asking me, what are you doing? Yes. And I started falling in love with that process. Like people are reaching out to me and saying, Hey, like I'm watching you. Thank you for inspiring me. I went to the gym today instead of happy hour. Yeah. Right. It was, Huge. it was, it started really small. And, um, but then once like as the athlete, like go getter enthu- like bottle of enthusiasm that I am, once I started to get a taste of that, I fell in love with it way more than I was ever in love with my corporate job or my bomb paycheck. Yeah. Right. It was like, okay, wow I found my life path that I didn't even know existed yeah and again I, I built my business doing things that I want to do anyways like teaching spin having girls night like you know creating these groups online like w- of tribe mm-hmm. I never knew that about myself like I'm a tribe maker yeah. and I, I look at college and I'm like, oh my god our friend circle was a bunch of my little friend circles that all became friends so yeah. I've been like building tribes my whole life and I just didn't realize it right. You know, because I just want everyone to have fun and love their life. Like, we're human AF. Yeah. The the struggle is real, you know, if you let it be. Being negative is natural. Being positive is on purpose. So our tribes are built on that premise. Like, okay, let's have intention. Let's love our life. Yeah. Because we can.
0: Being negative is natural. And being positive is on purpose. Yo. That's fucking rad.
1: It's easy to wake up in the morning. How'd you sleep? Like, shit. Yeah. I have to go to work. Da, 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 FML on Facebook or Instagram. Right. That's natural.
0: It's, it's easy. True. It's mediocre. It's true. Yeah. If. Everything left, you know, untended goes to negative wood rots, yep. metal rust, You know, Amen. garden gets weeds. You have to tend it. All that type of stuff. Yeah, I like that. You touched on a few few things. That I want to make very perfectly clear that I love that that you said, is that one. So now you have this ma- massive business, all this massive tribe. But going back to the start, yeah, you didn't think you could do it. I didn't, didn't I think was it like, would why be. Why are a, people this, gonna follow me? Like, exactly. What,
1: what is that? Who do I think I am?
0: Yep. So, you didn't think that. And then it started so small. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of times we get going in a business or get going in physical fitness or mental health or whatever you're getting going at, and we don't see something right away yeah. and we just stop. Yeah. And I think there's two things with that. One, either you haven't built the self discipline and the confidence to it by doing it more often. Yeah. Or maybe it's not the right path. Yeah. You know, maybe it's not that business. Oh, maybe that. it's not that thing. Because if you're not. It's it's interesting. My life's mission and passion is to help as many individuals understand the thoughts are not them and they can control that in yeah. their whole whole life, their whole positivity, their negativity, their fulfillment, their happiness, their sadness comes from what's in between these two ears. Totally. But the thing is through this podcast is just the medium I'm using. But every time I fuck up or I fail or I sound like a piece of shit or I sound like a moron or have people like you that, you know, dwarf me in intelligence and all these things, whatever it may be, whatever it may be, you know, I listen to it. You know, when we're doing the editing, I go, when I make a mistake, it's not, oh, my God, I fucked up. I'm a piece of shit. It's like, oh, okay, I need to do that better. And the reason being is because I love what I'm doing. So the mistakes aren't mistakes. Mistakes are just, okay, do that different. So if you're on your path and you're going, oh my God, I made a mistake. I'm a piece of shit. I fucked up. It's never going to work. Maybe it's not the right path. Maybe you need to fix your thoughts a little bit. Yeah. But maybe it's not because during your path building your tribe, I highly doubt you went oh my God, I'm a piece of shit. I fucked up. Or it was like, oh wow, that didn't work. Let me try this. Yeah. Oh, you know, we've cause done you're excited everything
1: under the sun. Like we look back now and we're like, wow, we used to like run workouts out of these random parks and like alleys and like just the like different versions of like flyers we would hand people like, what were we, what the fuck were we doing? Like how embarrassing, Yeah. yeah. you know, but you said something really important there, um, that when you make mistakes or if your business isn't growing quote unquote fast enough, right? Yep. You're on your journey. You're on your path. Mm-hmm. So, Look, you know, look around you for inspiration, but look to yourself for that competition. Comparison is the thief of all joy. Huge one. Um, But also like as you as you're going, you get to adjust your path, but. As you're doing these things, you're building your skills and you're building your confidence, mm-hmm. and you can always recreate it or take it to the next level. Every single person that's had a successful business will tell you all of the shitty things they did before, right. before anyone knew their name. Yep. Right. And to build a skyscraper, you have to build, I want to say it's like twice as deep as the skyscraper yeah. will be high. Yep. That goes for business. It's huge. You got to dig inside yourself. You got to dig inside of your tribe. You got to build your following. Yeah. Like all of these things. And, it, you'll see the massive effort that goes into it. You only see the tip of the iceberg. There's so many analogies. Sure. Right. That go into it, but they're all so, so, so real. Yeah. And so when you're when you're living your purpose and you're you're doing what your your heart is calling you to do. Um, again, it doesn't really feel like you're working it. Also, the mistakes don't define your character. That's what I wanted to say. Mm. Like, oh my God, I said that wrong. I'm a shitty person. That's actually shame,
2: mm-hmm.
1: right? That's, that's what's coming up for you. And it's, it's really like, oh, I can say this better, but it doesn't define who you are. It has nothing to do with who Josh is, right. it has to do with like in the moment, maybe, you know, you were just sidetracked or God yeah. knows what, you know?
0: Yeah, that's something that I had to learn because I did that a lot through yeah. life. Is just because I failed doesn't mean I'm a failure. Yes, just I think Renee I...
1: Brown talks about that a lot, and I'm totally butchering her quotes, but it's like it's it's the difference between shame and yeah. and I think guilt is the other one. I don't even remember, but she talks about young kids and how important that is and i think that's as you were saying earlier why we're seeing the rise in suicide and in comparison and in you know young kids having depression and anxiety Mm -hmm. is because there's so much shame instilled in our in our culture right and in our society everything's going fast social media is a highlight reel you don't see the behind the scenes. You don't, I mean, thank God for podcasts like this where you're keeping it real. Mm -hmm. And I want to encourage everyone to keep it real on their social media too. Mix it in, blend it in, like, shit, we're human. And that's actually an asset, right? It makes you more relatable, especially in business. Yeah,
0: yeah. I really think, I I think it is going to get a little worse before it gets better, but from my perspective, and maybe it's just my um, myopic focus right now, but I see... The biggest people in the the world or whatever, as far as if you want to call it celebrity or I don't really give a shit about celebrity influence there, they are some of the most real people, you know, you have a, you know, the, the rock, I feel like that guy is that guy, you know, I feel like that guy is clanging out that fucking metal and all that type of stuff, (laughs) you know, and when you have, I don't follow her on social media, but I see her on talks, you know, when you have like an Oprah, Oprah. But Oprah or like a Beyonce, they just, in interviews and stuff, they seem real. They don't seem like they're trying to put flash on or fluff. That's why they're so successful. That's why they're so – so the biggest people in the world are the most real. You know, even in podcasts, you know, Joe Rogan has the biggest podcast in the world. He gets a – I just read this thing. It's 190 million downloads a month.
1: Dumb. Like, just dumb.
0: Fucking insane. What? And I love the guy. I mean, wait, how many
1: people are on the planet? Right. That's crazy.
0: Exactly. I mean, he's my man. He's my full on man crush. I get it. But the guy is a fucking buffoon. Yeah. He's a comedian. He's great. um, um, Meathead. But because he's so real and he keeps it real. People crave That's why. Yeah. And so I think as we get going more and more, I think that realness is going to seep through the cracks and hopefully that will take hold. And hopefully podcasts like Rogan's or like this one or, or like, all the other good ones out there. Yeah. I don't want to leave anybody off. Right. We'll hopefully filter to the surface and maybe some of that shame will start to subside a little bit because they see, Oh, Josh, you really fucked up Heather. You know? Oh, you, you don't always do so good on your Instagram stories or whatever. Yeah. Like, but you're just a real person. Well, I think so Instagram I don't feel, stories is fun. Like yeah.
1: I keep it very real. I'm like, no yeah. makeup baby all over me, like whatever. Um, but you did touch on something that's so real. And I feel like, Instagram, when we can, as business owners or as influencers, as someone who's, who has a message, like there's a difference on Instagram. Like, are you just posting your ass or are you, do you have a message? (laughs) Like there's a very clear distinction. Like what is the intention behind your Instagram or your social media? One. And two, there's a difference between like vanity metrics and influence. Mm -hmm. Influence is are people clicking? Are they watching? Are they, are they taking an action other than just liking and commenting? Right. Right. So as a business owner, you get to look at like, am I posting photos to just get likes and comments and self-worth and like, do I want people to just like me and follow me yeah. or are people actually taking action on my on my content and going down like a, a funnel, if you will, to become a part of my tribe or whatever it is that I'm trying to do with my, my social media. So there's a difference between just like looking hot on social media. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's not even an aspect. Maybe it's like a cute pic of your kids right but like you're posting that are you just looking to get likes or are you actually trying to have them take an action yeah are you actually putting a message out there that's going to touch their heart yep it's different
0: yeah and the other cool thing is in this i would advise or i'd throw this out here take it <laughs> all the listeners take it as you wish but i did something years ago which i totally revamped kind of who i follow and what i what yeah. i uh view so my feed is nothing but but awesomeness. Oh my God! There's yes. a couple hot asses in yeah. there, or something, but I mean, come I'm on. not hating on I'm the hot not asses. No, yeah. God, Post no, your ass, you. please. God Great. love you. God love you. But the overwhelming majority, 99% of all my stuff is all positive. Yeah. If positive it doesn't things.
1: make you, if you're looking at your social media, and especially for business owners, because I know that comparison is huge yes. for us um if it doesn't make you feel warm and fuzzy and like you can go take over the world unfollow yes could be a top person right it could be someone that's super inspiring maybe they inspired you before but if you are having a reaction to it if you are judging yourself based on it unfollow them maybe for six months and see what happens right or stop scrolling and go on and post your content engage with a couple people and then get the fuck off yeah like how many people are wasting time on social media go you know interact with your kids Oh my God. I was listening to a podcast totally off topic, but not really about um, being like a present parent versus being an intimate parent. Mm -hmm. Being present is like, yeah, I'm physically with my kids all day, but am I on my phone? Yes. Yes. Am I on my phone? Am I thinking about other things? Like my phone could not be there, but I could be staring off into the distance thinking about the 10 million things that I need to be doing. Right? Or am I like making eye contact with my kids or my husband or mm-hmm. whoever I'm with, even my coworkers? Am I being intimate? Intimacy isn't sex or any of that stuff. It's like intimacy, break down the word into me, you see. Right. Intimacy. How can we as a society be more intimate? With the people that we care about or the people that are in our daily life. Yep. Because it is so easy to jump on our phone and watch videos that don't mean anything that will not be there for us when we need them. Yeah. Right? Like there's there's such a disconnect happening in our world. And I am so the first person to jump on my phone and like check in with my tribe and da 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 and like feel like I'm working all of the time. Yeah. But is that anxiety? Yeah. Yes. Am I addicted to it? A thousand percent. Right. So really checking myself, like, okay. What can I do in this moment to be more intimate and more grounded? Mm-hmm. And like schedule times that I don't even have my phone when I'm with my son is so huge. Yeah, for my mental health,
0: for sure. So actually, let's go. Let's go into that. You're a brand new mama. I see the shirt.
1: Yeah, are My a crop top. Yeah, my crop
0: top mom. So how old is uh, baby? Looking? He's
1: almost sixteen months. Sixteen crazy, months. going on five. Like he's huge.
0: Kind of keeping the theme with the the thoughts. What was your thoughts once you found out you were pregnant? What kind of went through your mind?
1: I was someone who didn't know if I actually wanted to have kids. Like, I love kids, Mm -hmm. um, but I just, you know, was on this path of, like, building my empire, making an impact in the world, following people like Oprah, um, you know, who are these, like, powerful women that don't have kids or that maybe adopt kids or start schools or, you know, do things like that. I was thinking like that. And then I met my husband, my now husband, Julio. And i still told him like you have a boy and a girl like they're beautiful like you know you already have one of each like you know i'm still not really quite sure if i want to have my own kids sure i totally tricked him and so once i met his kids and i saw him as a father i was like Mm -hmm. well now my ovaries exploded um so we have to have like 100 kids because you're an amazing father yeah um and so and he's just an amazing father so he was an absolute yes um, and he never saw himself like getting married again and having kids. And like, he didn't know yeah. that this is, was his future, but I still was, I was scared. I'm like, how am I going to be this, this boss, this female entrepreneur? I already know how much that takes to be that. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm still in a building phase of my business. I never will stop because that's my passion. It's my life. But how do I do both? And I think I really came to realize I'm so grateful that I built my business from my passion, right? Mm-hmm. Like the things that I do every day, I like want to be doing them. Um, there are times when I need help with Luke, obviously, but for the most part, I bring him everywhere, and I'm able to do my business around my family. yeah, um because again, it's my life. Like it's what I want to do. it's it's what I love. And showing other people how to do that is is huge for me. But it doesn't mean that there's not fear and there's not doubt. And I had major anxiety while I was pregnant. And when I first had him, um, I would reach out to mentors, again, surround myself with my tribe, like find mm-hmm. my people that can support me through those those feelings, not isolate myself.
0: Did you just think that, oh, you don't know if you can be a good mom or what? No, what, it like- was
1: it was I don't think I even really had those thoughts. It was like, how am I gonna still do my life and be a mom?
0: Got like it. how does that even
1: work? Yeah. Right? Like this thing is gonna come into my life and like need all of me. Yeah. And I think that I was um underestimating. Hugely underestimating what it takes to be a mom. Mm. Right. And, and all of the like the sleepless nights and breastfeeding and like how depleted you are. And thank God that like a lot of what I do with women is nutrition because I knew how to handle that part of it. But not to say that it was easy. It was still super hard. But it makes me more passionate about what I do too. having people check themselves on what they're feeling themselves. Their their nutrition and their mindset. The anxiety is never is never going to just not come up right? We're human AF. So it's going to always come up. It's like the freaking terminator, the anxiety, the fear, all of those things. And a lot of, a lot of people will try to push it down or override it. Mm -hmm. That was a tendency that I had in the past. And now I've built the tools and the resources to feel it, to cry in the shower if I need to, to call a mentor and just let it out, right? Get it out of my body, release it. That's a lot of spin for me as a release. And then Like, then I can make a conscious decision on what my next steps are. How can I get help? How can I get support? Asking for help, Mm -hmm. I think, has been a huge part of being a new mom surrendering is what I used to share. Like I go back and watch my Instagram stories or videos from that time. And I, I tried to share as much as I could sure. because people were like, Oh my God, Heather's a mom. Blah, 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 it's so fun on Instagram. And I'm like on my Instagram story crying. Like how the fuck do you guys do this? Like, yeah. This is crazy. Especially with all the hormones and postpartum and all of that stuff. But being real about it, being willing to talk about it allowed me to have support. I yeah. actually told a lot of people that I was pregnant um, before, like the twelve week window, or I don't even know what the window is supposed to be. Um, when you're out of the the poss- the possible time to have a miscarriage, mm-hmm. um, miscarriages are something that not a lot of people talk about, but most women have had one, two, five, five. ten. Yeah, a lot of women have had them and they don't even know that they have
2: because
0: yeah. their
1: body just passes it and you think it's just your period. It's getting a little graphic.
0: Why do they, Why do you think we don't talk? Because you're absolutely Shame. right oh my god really? so much shame shame so, like you just don't what like, like not women a, a think a that it was enough? their
1: problem like it's like my body isn't capable or like i worked out too much so my body lost the baby like it's cr- crazy okay. the and none that of that's true no
2: right?
1: i mean i'm not a doctor so i don't know this what? is all my opinion you're not <laughs> what do i have you on here for they uh, calling md no it's it's all experience and and just what people have shared with me but it's you know. like there's so much shame Around miscarriages, and like, no, it's like scientifically, your body knew that that baby was not gonna make it, yeah, right, or was gonna have abnormalities or what, like, this at the cellular level, yeah, like the baby's so in the beginning stages of formation when it happens anyways. I mean there are like late term miscarriages that happen. Those are so tragic. Yeah. And I never wish any of this on anyone. Um but I just really invite people to talk about it more and that's why I shared with people that I was obviously my intimate circle, but because I wasn't myself, I was so sick. Mm-hmm. You guys saw me. I mean I was like wearing like sundresses every yeah. day and just like walking around like oh my god, I can't even eat food. You know, I was laying on the couch as someone who's high enthusiasm all the time. I did not feel like myself at all. And that's when a lot of fear crept in. That's when a lot of isolation was happening because I just couldn't go do anything. Mm -hmm. And that's why I shared with people. I remember uh, one of my business partners, I was, we were running a workout and I was like the MC normally. And I like told them like, Hey, I can't really do anything tonight. Like I'm just going to like do the music or whatever. And he comes over and he's like, are you okay? Like, no one ever asks me that. Yeah. Are you okay? And I just started crying and I was like, no, I was like, let's go talk outside. And so I pulled him outside and was like, Hey, I'm pregnant. He's like, Oh my God, I'm so excited for you. I was like, thanks. I'm really scared. Like I was crying. Yeah. Like I feel like shit like this. That's why I'm not, I'm not acting like myself, Yeah. you know? And, and as a society, like we really don't have anything in place for women while they're in that time. You know, you don't know Mm. if you're going to have, let's call it hypermesis, which is where you have to like have an IV and you're like throwing up, um, Amy, I can't think of her last name, super funny comedian, blonde. Amy Schumer? Yes, she had it. One of my really good friends also had it. And you're just like deathly ill the entire pregnancy. Wow. Like I just dealt with it for like 13 weeks or however long.
2: Oh, just 13 weeks. Like only, yeah. only 13.
1: Um, well, the first sex, I didn't even know I was pregnant. So whatever. Yeah. It felt like seven years. Like the worst oh, hangover sure. you've ever experienced in your life. Not everyone goes through it. I did. But hypermesis is like it completely takes you out so um you can't go to work now like what what are the things that our society could even put into place to support women through this process that's supposedly one of the most sacred things that we have on mm-hmm. planet earth right yeah like birth giving birth becoming a mom having a family is on everyone pretty much his bucket list yeah you know and there's nothing no mic drop there's yeah. nothing <laughs> you know like there's there's um pregnancy leave right? Where you like afterwards can go be with your baby. But what about the beginning when you're like dying on your couch? Yeah. What? Like, hello, we're so advanced. Like, but are we? It's the most primal thing that women go through. And yet there's just no support. It's crazy. It's mind blowing.
0: Guys have it so easy. Yeah. (laughs) I, it's crazy. I don't mean to be little, seeing
1: my, my bonus daughter get her period super young. Right now we're getting super graphic. Yeah. Right. Like, what what's in place for young girls going through that in their school yeah, and they have to ask point. their teacher to go to the bathroom and their teacher says you can go once. Yeah. And like, we had to call and be like, no, she's like on her period. Like you need to let her go to the bathroom.
0: Yeah. One thing, crazy. one thing you t- touch on. And I think a lot of ambitious gals that, you know, have, have a business or entrepreneurs or climbing that corporate ladder, you know, executive, whatever. And they get pregnant. I feel I've had talks before is that sometimes They won't voice it. So thank you for doing it. They won't voice like, oh, shit, what's going to happen to my business? And they won't voice it because some people in fear of sounding selfish when it's not selfish. It's just a fact. It's your survival. You're not going to be a shitty mom because you have that thought. So
1: You're also not a shitty mom if you focus on your career. Right. At all. Yeah. Like more power to you. Cause I had no idea how I was going to feel as a mom. Sure, I want to be with Luca every second of every day of all of eternity. Definitely did not think I was going to be that mom. I thought that I was going to like put him in daycare, build my business, like go do my thing with yeah. my girls. Like, no, like I've created structures and a way for me to be with him at all times. Like I go work in our nutrition club and I have someone come be at the nutrition club with me so that I can, you know, be doing what I need to be doing. Yeah. Right. But he's still there. Like there's a way for me to do my business and be a, a present, intimate mom at the same time. That's not available for everyone. Mm-hmm. So more power to the women. Again, where's the support from moms who have to have to get childcare for their kids and go back to work and they cry every single day on the way to work yeah. and it never changes. Like they're still, you know, going and, and doing the things that they need to do to support their family. A lot of times it's not a choice right they have to go to work We're, yep. we live in that society where both parents for the most part have to go work yep and where's the support for that leaving your baby every single day
0: yeah that's, that's yeah tough. you want to
1: talk about heart-wrenching like that's horrible oh, for sure and then your baby gets old enough and they're crying no mommy no like uh, i'm not even at that age yet i'm like oh god no nope not doing that not playing that game
0: yeah yeah i just love hearing individuals like, like yourself you know you're successful entrepreneur, but still, now you're a mom of three, but just had yeah. your first one. <laughs> scared out of your mind to ha- have the first one. Oh also scared of, how am I going to have this baby and run this business? But then at the end of the day, you still go through it. You still still work at it. So I like having- And cry
1: all is... the time and still wonder every day how I'm going to do it.
0: Right. Seriously. And, and from the outside, if when people after this podcast or during this podcast start looking you up and they go- this chick's got it all, or this chick's a bomb ass, bomb ass bitch. Watch my Instagram stories. You know, <laughs> but it's so important is that even the bomb ass bitch or yeah. the awesome yeah. um, individual still has those anxieties, those times of I don't know if I could do it, but yeah. still figuring it out. So it's so important because sometimes those thoughts I think stop us from doing something yeah. or make us feel bad because we had them. Right. But here you are saying. And no, it's okay. It's natural. It's part of the, part of the deal. Yeah. yeah it's, it's also tough, just so. a
1: phase. Like, yeah. I feel like I was like doing conference calls, breastfeeding, like hadn't showered in days, figuring it out right now. I'm picking up, picking up uh, my bonus daughter from school and got Luca sleeping, taking a nap in the back, doing conference calls. Like there's a way for us to adjust and evolve. Mm-hmm. I feel like evolve. I need to look up the definition of evolve. I was actually speaking the other night on this and I laughed when I read it because people, in our society want things to happen so fast. Literally the Webster definition of evolve is to develop gradually uh. <laughs> by right. It's not going to happen overnight. We live in an overnight society, Yeah. But-, but to develop gradually to love the journey while you're, while you're on it. And I played fight song the other night in my class and I was like, so in it and connected with like writing and I'm just like, reach in. Like I go, like my Sasha Fierce comes out. That's my new form of it. It's not the volleyball court anymore. It's the spin bike. And something hit me really hard. Like we're all going to fight for things in our life. We're all going to have stuff show up for us at at some point every single day. And are we going to fight intentionally from a conscious place, which is going to have to do with having a morning practice, working on yourself, Mm -hmm. being aware of yourself. Are we going to do it from an intentional place, or are we going to struggle and sometimes those things are synonymous. It's not always easy. Right. It's not supposed to be. It's how we grow. Yep. But when we realize that, like, am I going to fight with intention, or am I just going to struggle? Am I going to fight with positivity, or am I going to let negativity be my normal? Yep. Right. So we're all going to be fighting for something. How are you going to be doing it? Right. And that's that's mom life for sure.
0: I have uh, just one more question for you, but before we get. Where can everybody find you and can you give like a little brief discussion or description rather of kind of what you got going on, the business, all that type of stuff? So
1: recently we've actually created this bomb girl gang. It's called Sweat and Soul Tribe. Oh, Um, cool. We run local events. We run online events. We do challenges. We do a lot of stuff based around like nutrition and mindset. Um, We're really committed to transformation, mind, body, and soul. They're all connected. Um, so you can find us at at sweat and soul tribe on Instagram. Instagram is my platform of choice. Um, and then my personal Instagram is at I am Heather Cullen. Okay. So I am Heather Cullen. Um, I love Instagram stories. I don't post every single day, mom life. Everyone's like, you need to post six times a day. I'm like, yo, I'm busy playing with Luca. Yeah. Um, I really do social media on my own terms, um, which I think is really cool. Definitely not by far the best at it, don't have the most followers, any of that stuff, because I don't care. Mm -hmm. Like, it's not about that for me. It's about someone coming to my page, getting inspired, figuring out how they can implement things in their life. And whether they want to work with me or not, that's on them. But, you know, as long as I can give them some kind of hope. Mm-hmm. To, to take action I like to word, use use the word activate a lot like my my intention my purpose as you said earlier um, is to really activate people in their life yeah so that they're that we're not just being the robot that I described that I was before yeah you know going through the motions like activate your purpose activate how you feel wake up inspired every morning if you're not inspired when you wake up how to get there mm-hmm. Um, so those are the, those are the, the things that I live by. I help, I help tired AF moms feel better about their life and drop body fat, gain energy, whatever. I also help non-moms. That's what we call them, but. <laughs> <laughs>
0: nice. Well, I love what you're doing. I, just, I always end with like a different question for each individual, but for you, I think it'd be really valuable to the female listeners. So if you're going to give advice to, it doesn't really make a difference the age, but whether it's from age 11, 12, 13, 14 all the way up to, you know, 55. What would you say to the girl that has body image or doesn't like the way they look inside or feels like they're fat or ugly or what whatever is going through. I'm just speculating yeah, on what yeah. the some gals think. What would advice someone a gal comes to you and says, "Hey, I don't like the way I look, you know, I see all this stuff on Instagram." What advice would you give, give them?
1: The first thing would be you're not alone. I get messages from women every single day that are as we as we spoke to earlier judging their character and their themselves based on their physical appearance. Hmm. The flip side of that is our physical manifestation is indirect reflection to how we feel about ourselves on the inside. So mental health, how am I fueling my body? How am I fueling my mind? What am I allowing into my mind space is really the first place that I would start with someone that feels that way. You know, and Trusting your journey, like not trying to make these huge drastic changes overnight because, again, it's not mm-hmm. sustainable. Trust your yes. journey. You're exactly where you're supposed to be. You are having these feelings and voicing these these judgments of self for a reason, like the fact that you can even voice them is an indication that you're ready to make a change Mm. right the fact that you're even aware of the body conversation is an indication that you're you're willing to change and it starts with again like let's start with the easy shit drink more water make a better choice Mm -hmm. let go of the judgment when you eat the nachos or the case like whatever yes you know like let go of that judgment and just it's so cliche but like loving yourself on the journey is is a huge part of it you're exactly where you're supposed to be yeah That I hated that phrase when I first heard it. I'm like, no, I'm not. I have so much to accomplish and do. You're exactly where you're supposed to be, learning the lessons you're supposed to learn, surrounded by the people you're supposed to be surrounded with, and you can always change that. Awesome. So take the first step.
0: Awesome. Well, I appreciate you seriously, in all honesty. I appreciate taking the time, coming on. Negative is natural, and positive is on purpose. So great. Thank you, Heather. I appreciate it. Thank you you so much. Bye, guys.